Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Pastor Steve, uh, who is also just a tremendous blessing to me, he, he assigned me um, the, the, whatever part of the fourth chapter of Ephesians the Lord directed me to. So, so um, you need to know that I'm not picking on you. I am literally going to the next verses. Um, Brother Chauncey and Sister Chauncey, come sit up here. Hey, man, come up here. Come sit up here. Bless God. Um, I'm not picking on anybody. The beauty of preaching the Bible is eventually it'll get to you. And so we were working our way through Ephesians, and God would just have this be the Sunday you was here when we got to these verses. But I'm really praying that God is going to do something literally supernatural, transformational. Thank God for Kalila. Kalila just, she, she, she a lumberjack. She a chopped down the big tree. Bless God. Um, bless God. Um, uh, and And... And, but, but you're going to need your seatbelt on. I asked uh, Pastor Portia for the liberty because, you know, usually Pastor Mike is on the clock. And I usually try to always land under 30 minutes. Today, I don't know. Because we're going into surgery and we have something very important to do. And, you know, I don't believe in wasting your time. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring this if I thought it was uh, so, so, so buckle up. I'm on the back of your outline. And, and I give you outlines so that you might remember it Monday. Uh, so on the back, uh, I'm going to read way more than I usually read. And as we get into the message, you'll understand why. Um, if you don't have an outline, there's some more up here. Bless God. Um, um, are you there? Back of the outline. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and are hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But this isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth for we are all parts of the same body. And don't let anger control you. 
Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. <laughs> Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And we want to use as our uh, topic today, unexpected church. There's a place in Richmond, California that has the uh, lowest murder rate in Contra Costa County. There are the fewest thefts in Contra Costa County, fewest rapes, and they say nobody gets cussed out there. Nobody breaks in anybody's car. Um, that's because that's Rolling Hills Cemetery. Never gone on Zillow to find out what the uh, Crips are going for. So, Satan has lied to us and let us believe that there's some things that you shouldn't expect because you're at church. So, you need to know <laughs> that. I'm a part of a family. My family is a part of the church. My church is in San Leandro. San Leandro's in Alameda County. Alameda County's in California. California's in the United States, and the United States is in the world. So, everything you find in the world, you're going to find in the United States. And everything you find in the United States, you're going to find in California. Everything you find in California, you're going to find in Alameda County. And surprisingly, some of the stuff you find in Alameda County, you're going to find in Encounter Church. And even though now we have this that Paul wrote in a Bible, when Paul was writing this, he was not writing it. He's <coughs> thinking, you know, this would really be great Bible. He said, there's a church in, 
in, the, in Ephesus and I love them and I'm concerned about them and I want them to do stuff the right way. So it's some stuff I need to say to them. And so Paul is not writing this to the heathens at Ephesians. He's writing this to the church. And I want to point out just three things about his right, this writing and then I'll let you go home. In the church, there are some folks with hangovers. Now, now, Pastor Terrence, when I was pastoring on my desk, in the pastor's office, I had a jar of peppermints. And there were some folk who thought they were for the kids because between services, all the kids would come running through Pastor Mike's office to get some peppermints. They weren't for the kids. There were some folk who would come in my office and they'd have a little bit of last night. Riding on their breath and I'd, and I'd offer them a peppermint. And they'd say, I don't, I don't need a peppermint. I'd say, yes, you do. <laughs> and one time, one of them was a deacon. And one time, there was a preacher standing in the need of a peppermint. Because some of last night <laughs> was hanging on <laughs> to today. And so Paul said that stuff that you was using in the world don't bring it with you into the church. Because what, what we did last night, and, and you could just say that, that's, that's, that's a euphemism for in the past, might be suffering with you today. And if we're not careful, we'll bring our worldly techniques, our worldly lifestyle, and we'll try to use the same stuff that didn't work for us in the world, and we'll try to bring it into the church. And you need to know, not only is that not unusual, it's normal. So if you're thinking about leaving Encounter Church or your church, and by the way, how do my friends in Nigeria, how do my folks in Italy, how do my folks in Spain, how do my folks in Tokyo, how do Billy in Philly? But wherever you are, if you are thinking about leaving the church to go to another church that's better than that, don't go because no matter where you go, you there. And if you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll mess it up. Because, and Paul gives a list again. I didn't write it. Blame Paul. Some folk in the church are just like they were in the world. I, I wrote it down for you. Confused. They got too many things fused to them hanging on to them and they'll bring that here and they'll wonder what's wrong. We're confused because we have held on to some of that same stuff we had in the world and brought it into the church. And that doesn't mean run away. That means run here and we'll get to why uh, later. They're in the dark. In the dark you bump in stuff. I do not want you having any 
false ideas about encounter. Encounters is one of the most wonderful churches I've ever had the blessing of being a member of. But there are still people in the encounter church and in your church, wherever it might be, that bump into stuff. Why? Because they're walking around in the dark. Wandering. That is a sign of worldliness that you all, you bouncing off of stuff like a Super Bowl. You all over the place. You're not steady. You're not consistent. You're just wandering, wandering, wandering like you lost. And you can, it's very easy to come into the church and keep a wanderer's lifestyle. Close-minded. Bless God, I used to think I was smart until I started reading all the way through the book and got to the back. And I found out all the books they read to make the book. So in the back of my book, there's a bunch of scriptures. Because you need to know where I got it. Some folks think Pastor Mike is smart. I'm not smart. I read. And I read the very best, starting with the Holy Bible. But so you need to be open to what the Bible is saying to you. So that you are not guilty of having the world's hangover hanging on you, even in the church. Hard-hearted. Have you, have you, some of us so, think we know so much and we're so hard-hearted, we're so determined to never move and never change and never grow because we think we got it all. I, I, I had to learn. At, at, one of my, bless God, one of my, one of my friends, he was a brother. He said, he used to call me Moses. He said, Moses, if we ever think we smart, we need to know that next to God, your brain is like a BB in a boxcar. Our little smart is like a BB in the galaxy next to God. And so I need to make room in my mind for what God might be saying. Otherwise, I'll fool around and find myself without shame. Now, bless God, if Pastor Mike ever comes in here with some red shorts, sagging, letting you know that crack kills, Take my temperature. Get me some help. Some stuff we ought to be shamed. It just ought not be so. I done got so now when, I, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm driving my Princess Pauline and I'm in the parking lot at some of these places, Pastor Mary and I got to close my eyes otherwise my eyes will start hurting. Because there's some people who are with out shame and then lustful now bless God encounter has some of the most beautiful women on earth and some of the most handsome muscle bound mandingo men good handsome fellows working with a job got teeth good men good men blessed men but that don't mean you should be sitting up lusting. But if you're not careful, you'll bring that worldly lust right up in here. 
And then some of us were in the world so long, we practiced and got good at being bad. Impurity, that's talking about not being about one thing. Mixed motives, doing a bunch of different stuff. That ought not be in the church. And Paul says, if you have that going on in you, you need to know that's a hangover and you need to take a spiritual peppermint. And let that quit being on you. Bless God, because point number two, it hurts. You need to know God is not telling you to stop sinning because he wants to mess up your fun. He wants you to know sin will hurt you. It hurts us. It hurts our family. It hurts our job. It hurts our church and it damages our future. God is trying to get us ready for what he's getting ready for us and sin hurts it. And, and I'm just naming a couple. And Paul has a bunch of lists in a bunch of different places. I'm just doing, I'm, I'm only going to take the time to deal with three of these today. First one is lies. Do you not know we'll fool around and lie to ourselves? And we'll try to have people think we're something we're not. Lying to ourselves. I didn't even realize that at one point I only had in my house mirrors that showed from my shoulders to my head. Because I wanted to tell a lie, everything's all right. And no, that ain't all right, Mikey. But if I'm lying, that all that's important is from, <laughs> from my neck to my head, I'm lying to myself. And God is concerned about all of you, and he wants to get it all together. We'll lie to ourselves, and then we'll lie to our circle and to our family, because we want to look good to folk. And, thank you, Jesus, we will be so busy trying to make folk happy that we stop trying to help them be holy. We'll be so busy about us trying to feel good lusting that we will mess them up telling them lies. There, there are some fellas, and I hope there's nobody in here. Do you know, ladies, you need to know that some fellas, they have a drawer full of engagement rings. And they will give you a ring, liar, liar, pants on fire telling you, you really marriage material, but they want to take you for a test run. They want marriage folk privileges without a driver's license. Lying. And they will attempt to lie on God. I, yeah, can we talk? Some folk will walk up on you and say, God said, You know, I feel like asking some folk, well, if you've been with God and God told you, why aren't you glowing? Why don't I see any bruises on you where you fell down and laid prostrate? Did you just get up? Where's the glow? Where's the anointing? And did you find a God that didn't have my address? Or are you trying to put some God sauce 
on your messed up pizza. Pauline, Princess Pauline, she, <laughs> Pastor Portia, back when I was eating such things, she fixed a steak that was a foretaste of glory divine. And I've, I, 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 told, I, told, I told Brother Phil and, and his wife and Sister Gracie last week, don't go to heaven until you taste some of Pastor Portia's cheese macaroni. I didn't say macaroni and cheese. I said cheese macaroni. But, but Princess Pauline fixed that steak, and she made the error of trying to pass me, Brother Chauncey, some A1 sauce. I say, why would I blaspheme against that steak? by putting some A1 sauce on this excellent foretaste of glory divine. But some of us have something we want to taste, something we want to happen, and we'll try to wrap it in a God said. One of my, one of my preacher mentors, he said, if you got to lie on somebody, lie on me. He said, if you got to lie on somebody else, lie on yourself. But don't lie on God. And then anger. Now, I'm disturbed that some of us don't get more angry. Do you get upset about anything? My wife, she said, baby, why don't you ever get mad? I say, because I turn into the Hulk. Sometimes I go seven, eight years and don't get mad. Because I used to rip a rail off a of stairing. I just <laughs> ah, I picked up this one dude. I grabbed him by the belt, grabbed him round about the neck, and threw him off the wall. And he looked up at me like, what did I do? <laughs> and so it is biblical and natural to get angry. But we as Christians need to only stay angry long enough to find out what God wants us to use that anger for. And it is never for us to sin. Anger happens, but should only stay, you should only stay angry long enough to discover what God wants us to do that won't be a sin. So, and, and I had to tell my baby, my baby said, why are you picking up that lint off the floor? I said, because I'm mad. I said, and I'm going to use this mad to clean up this house. And I clean it so good. She said, you must really be mad, baby. That's clean. <laughs> and she said, you're not going to say nothing, baby? I said, no, baby. I said, because what I got to say right now is not of God. And so it's all right for you to get angry. But whatever you're getting angry about, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something. I have to say it because, see, see, God get ready to not only deliver somebody, get ready to turn you into a blessing. If if you are black and you're mad at white folk just because they're white, you need to say, how can I demonstrate the love of God and go find you somebody white to bless? If you're white and you get mad at the sight of somebody black, you need to go find you somebody dark as midnight and bless them so good they'll know there is a God. And bless God. Some of, the, some of the folk who have blessed me the most have been some white folk. 
and walk up and say, you know, Mikey, Mikey, and he's in my book, Jack Van Zandt. I had to put his name in the book. He told me back in 75, he said, Michael, uh, you need to know that uh, so-and-so is a white racist and he's not going to give you the scholarship. And so go see this person. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. White as snow. <laughs> and so, whatever you find yourself getting angry about, start there. Blessing, manifesting God, getting it right with him. And, in case you say, well, Pastor Mike, I may have to work on that for a few years. Nope, got to get it done by sunset. And you need to know, if you don't, you are giving Satan the ladder to climb up you. Don't stay mad at your children. Don't stay mad at your wife. Don't stay mad at your pastor. Don't stay mad at your church. Don't stay mad at the, even the one who did you the wrongest. Find out what God wants you to do with that anger in order for you to process it into something very, very wonderful and holy. Angry and sin not. And then stealing. Now, <laughs> there are at least four levels of stealing. And most of us only think it happens at the first level. Folk can steal things that are of financial value to you. Doesn't feel good, that's terrible. And some of you would never do that. But some of y'all is body snatchers. Remember that lust we talked about? What? And, and the men, to the men in, in our men's group, you're familiar with this, but I'm going to share it with everybody and share it all over the world. Um, if, you, if your favorite car was a Corvette, Brother Pat, brand new Corvette. Oh, that thing growling like a bear. And that's your favorite car, but you don't have one. And it's sitting, and it's sitting on double line of Broadway, uh, um, candy apple red, you know, with white interior, and somebody left it on and walked away. As much, as fine as that car is, as beautiful as that car is, you would not get in that car and drive it away. Why? Because it's not yours. And that would be stealing. So why are you trying to steal somebody's daughter, somebody's niece, somebody's wife, just because you like the way they look and you like the way they sound? You are a body snatcher. You're a thief. And why are you still some, some young, innocent, muscle-bound boy, 20, 30 years younger than you, and you don't want to care? Pastor T, I had a woman tell me, baby, I don't want to keep you. I just want to rent you. Men, don't let these women make you like a sample at Costco. I just want a little cup of you. When did you become a sample? Sample you. Stealing. And then they'll steal your mind. Somebody, and, and watch this. You be, and don't you be guilty of it. Somebody starts saying, ooh, Pastor Mike. Oh, he's a wonderful man. Ooh, I love to hear him preach. Ooh. <laughs> Say, but in high school, 
he was the water boy when they lost the homecoming game. Somebody compliments somebody and you got to go 5, 10, 15, 20 years back to say something bad about them. You stealing their good reputation. And somebody trying to think good about somebody and you won't even let them think good because you got to highlight something bad. Stop it. Stop stealing folks' good reputation, folks' good name. And then, if we're not careful, we'll steal their spirituality. And I'm, I'm, I got to share it with you so you'll never be guilty of it. After folk have been around you, do they feel like being with Jesus? Or do they feel like going to buy them a half a gallon and just getting drunk? Do you drive folk to the Lord? Does somebody say, whatever they have that's blessing them like that, I want some of that? Or do you make folk feel so sick, so sad, so mad that you done stole their ability to pray? Somebody could be singing a praise song, a worship song, and they're doing good. And by the time they get finished talking with you, they cussing. You done stole their prayer. Sin hurts. Stop doing it. And then we need to turn to the back. I, I, I put it there on your, on, on your outline. And then we're, we're transitioning here. Go, go on the back to, to, to verse 30. And you need to write this on the front. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit, by the way you live. We're our third point, hangovers, hurts, and then healing. And here is how you can fix that. Now, you need to know, the Bible never mentions a problem without giving a solution. And so here, uh, under healing, first thing you need to do is change the channel. Now, some of us remember when all you had was CBS, ABC, and NBC. And then we got a little round thing, put it on the back, and we got channel 44 and channel 20. We thought we had it going on then. You got UHF and VHF. We need to learn that you as a person, you as a Christian, you have the ability to change the channel and choose new thoughts and new attitudes. This is how you overcome that lying, anger, and stealing. Change the channel. Choose new thoughts and new attitudes and then tell the truth. Now, I anticipate that we're getting ready to have a breakout of silence. Because some of us have practiced lying so, so much that we're going to have to have a, a, a word fast in order to purge our tongue of all them lies we've been telling so long. Before you lie, be quiet. Before you lie, just start, mm, but stop lying. Stop lying. And then don't hold on to anger. The next time you get angry, ask yourself immediately, God, what do you want me to do with that? There won't be a sin. God, what do you want me to do with that? There won't be a sin. Don't choke them. Thou shalt not kill. Don't cuss them out. No abusive language. Edify. What can I do that will build up this situation and make it better? And that's, that works at work too. And then, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my secret sauce. 
Learn and use the service secret. And you just saw a beautiful example of it today, looking at what folk did yesterday. Do you not know? Some people think, well, I'm going to serve at the church because I know a church person ought to serve, and, uh, but they're going to be using me up. Service is a privilege from God, and it is one of God's favorite healing tools. I used to tell folk, if you're ever really, really feeling sick, and you can't do it now, but, but, but you, you can't do it at the hospital. But if you're ever really, really feeling sick, go check out some folk in intensive care. You'll feel better. You will feel better. Go to the veterans hospital. If you're really, 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 really feeling bad, go to John George. You will immediately start feeling better. As you go to help somebody, bless somebody, Glory to God. You feeling bad about your wardrobe? Bless somebody with some clothes. Suddenly, as you start serving people, I told this fellow something. Don't you know, if I rub some cologne on you, how am I going to smell? I'm going to smell like cologne. As you start blessing people and making people's lives better, it has to get on you. Service, start serving, start serving. And then go do some hard work. Now, <laughs> it's hard for you to start thinking about mad at folk when your muscles aching because you've been, you've been mowing lawns all day. I did. Part of my, I'm, again, I'm telling you my secrets. Part of my thing in, in picking all that lint up, it changed my focus. And I, and I got, I'm telling you my secrets. It got, I got my toe touchers in. Sometimes I go around picking up pennies because that's the only way I'm going to reach down that far. And you, you all, at one point, I was working three jobs. And, and bless God, I moved, I moved into an apartment down by the lake. I say, I don't know, I'm a high cotton sister. That's all. I'm moving down by the lake. This and that. I was working so many jobs. It was six months before I saw sunlight come through my window at noon. I didn't even have time to sin. <laughs> I was too tired. <laughs> I was too busy. Work so hard, you don't have time. And then give. I'm going to tell some, some of you, some, some of you don't even, well, Pastor Mike, I can't sing, I can't preach, I can't pray. I say, I say where you work? Say, oh, I don't go to work no more. My check just come in the mail. It go direct deposit. I, I, I worked at a job. They gave me all of this, and, and that's, that check still coming. I went somewhere else. Now I'm still living off the residue and all this and this and that. You have a financial anointing. And you need to find out what God wants to bless. And you may have the anointing of giving. And you may just be so blessed, money just chase you down and tackle you. God wants you to aim that blessing. Bless God. Give. And then somebody say, Pastor Mike, I don't have any money. I was talking to a brother last night. And I said, do you know you have something some billionaires don't have? You have peace. You have love. And you have joy. Start giving somebody some of that. 
There's some folk who are hug-starved, smile-starved, and start at your house. When's the last time you just, glory to God, looked at your, like, (laughs) this morning, before I came to church, my wife said, baby, can you get me breakfast? I said, yeah, baby. She almost fell out the bed. She said, you, no, you're not going to be late to preach? This, this, this. She said, you being mighty nice. Say, 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 she said, why, why you going to get me breakfast? Why you? I said, because you my girlfriend. <laughs> Start at your house. Start with your kids. Now, first of all, they're going to think you, you done went crazy. But then they're going to say, God must have something to do with him. God must have something to do with her. Because that is extra. And glory, trying to make me, trying to make me, whoo, pressed down, shaking together, overflowing. That's how God wants you to give. And he's not asking you to give anything you don't have, but he is asking you to give what you do have. Now, and I'm going to say this too. I got to say this because I want you to be healed. Some of you are not tithing. How do you want God's resources and you don't want his program? Do not sell your house. Do not sell your car. But the next time you get a dollar, give God a dime. My brother, at one point he had houses, he had an Eldorado, he had a Porsche, he had a Volkswagen, he had a BMW. That dude got so broke he had to move in with my mom and dad. And he, and he, he said, Mike, you a preacher? You a preacher? Tell me what to do, Mike. I done lost everything and I'm staying here with mama and I'm old. And I said, the next, I said when you was make, getting them $100,000 checks, you couldn't figure out what to do. I said, next time God give you a dollar, give God a dime. Next time God give you one of them $10,000 checks, give God $1,000. Next time he give you a $100,000 check, give him $10,000. And I'm not saying you're going to get your house and your Porsche and your Eldorado back, but you'll never be naked, you'll never be hungry, and you'll never be outdoors. That's it. That's it. When I first started tithing, Pastor Portia, I had to bring it by the church and drop it in the mailbox because that was hard. I felt like that was my money. Mm -mm. (laughs) Choose to live a life that makes God glad and I said, I was the vice principal at Fremont High School and I'm almost done. And this young man came in and he had violated ed code to the extent, Brother Jim, that I had to call his mama to come to the school to pick him up before we perp walked him out of that school. And his mama came in there and looked like she had been crying. He's sitting there smug with his over his tennis shoes. Looked like they cost over $100. And Pastor Portia, I had never seen him ask you, so I believe it was some lotion at his house. This little joker, this little joker had, had creases in the designer jeans and, and he, he was leaning over to the side and looked like he knew the way to the barbershop. Had him a haircut. And he's sitting there, he's sitting there arrogant and all this and this and that. His mama's sitting there looking, looking like all broke up. I said, um, young man, if some dude moved into your house and your mama bought him clothes and he walking up in the refrigerator drinking all your milk, eating up your cereal, and he talking on your mama's phone and, and, and your mama doing all she can to make him physically happy three times a day,
and he made your mama cry, what would you do? He said, oh, I'd get some of my boys and we'd hunt him like an animal in the woods. And when we caught up with him, he'd be persuaded to never do that again. I said, well, why are you making your mama cry? Your mama love you. And she's going to keep on loving you. So why are you doing stuff to hurt your mama? Well, I got to ask you a question today. Every breath you breathe, every good thing that has ever happened to you has been because God loves you. You never had to be born. God loves you and you are not doing right. We are not doing right to get God to love us more. I'm going to tell you something. You may have never heard this. God loves you 100%. Whether you're right or wrong, but we can have that verse applied to us. Jesus wept. I never want God to look at what I'm doing with what he gave me and just cry. God gave you strength. God gave you a mind. And all you can do is try to invent a new sin. Taking God's body, God's mind, God's mouth. And hurting the God who blessed you with breath. You need to know this. What this is unexpected, but you need to know what's going on at church. And it's there on your outline. Do you know diamonds don't start out as diamonds? They start out as a black rock. Cold. Deep down under the ground, under the dirt, in the dark. And pressure. Turns that little bitty jagged rock into something very precious. Now, what God knows about you is you are already precious, but he's going to apply some pressure. And I'm going to tell you something. It ought to make you happy. If you have been under pressure, in the dark, about to bust, that's God's process for making you a dime. And you don't expect to hear that at church because we're so busy trying to make folk feel good that they know good. There will be pain. There will be blood. But you're going to come out as a diamond. Pearls. Some of us are Dealing with folks that tell the truth, they irritating. <laughs> and you are irritating somebody. But every time you see a genuine pearl, it started out as a genuine irritation. In a clam, and it was glory. It was so irritating that. It started getting covered up with something precious. And covered up and covered up and surrounded and covered up and covered up and covered up with something precious and covered up. And to, to the point where if it was a big irritation, it became a big pearl. Now, 
Who's irritating you? That's a potential pearl. And God may want to use you to tell them the truth. You know what? You irritate me. Tell them the truth. You, you, are, you make me break out in a rash. You make me want to remember some words I forgot. But you got potential. You do potential pearl. Oh, and I need to give this to you for free. This is, this is extra, not on your outline. Write down on your outline. Don't let anybody give you a grade that's not your teacher. But Brother Jim, you want to know part of the reason we're so angry telling lies and stealing stuff? Is because we're letting folk grade us and you're not even in their class. They don't even know enough about you to give you an F. And you letting these folk give you, don't let anybody grade you that you're not teaching and you're not improving uh, or, or, or who's not improving and teaching you. And you quit giving folk grades who are not in your class. What you look like, you teaching math and you correcting English and science papers. You have enough papers to correct to your own. Quit letting people, that's, that, that's extra. Quit letting people grade you who are not your teacher and quit grading folks who are not in your class. You're a Republican. Why are you grading Democrats? You're a Democrat. Why are you grading Republicans? You, you a daddy. Why are you grading other folks' kids? You a husband. Why are you grading other folks' wife? Quit grading, folks, that's not in your class. Old folks, you stay spend six days minding your own business and one day leaving other folks alone. Pearls. Pearls come from irritants and glory. If you are an irritant, some of us are Pastor Mike, don't nobody like me. Let's talk about that. Is that because you're downright unlikable? Because you practice irritating folk? Let God cover you with the fruits of the Spirit. Cover you with his word. And before you know it, folk will want to be around you. Because your irritation has turned into a pearl. And then gold. Now, some of us say, Pastor, it's so hot. Oh, this pressure. Oh, oh, oh. I just feel like I'm in a furnace. Good. Are you moldable yet? Because God is going to turn up the heat until everything that's not like him is burned away. And it's better for you to turn it loose than for God to turn up the heat until it bubbles to the top. It's better for you to let God's purifying Holy Ghost. Because they say that it takes a ton, you got to get rid of a ton of dirt to get a pound of gold. And you've been wondering what's going on? God is getting some of the dirt out of your life. If he didn't have enough sense to treat you right, let him go. If she didn't have enough sense to love you right, let her go. Because if they're not purifying you and helping you become pure gold, 
That's not God's plan for your life. God processes us and processes others in the church. So when you come to church, don't be surprised if you find some potential diamonds, some potential pearls, some potential gold, just like you. It started out as a prayer and it became a song. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.